why digital currency is the future in Africa. We also talk crypto lending and if African governments will bite this particular bone. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Central parked digital currencies are becoming a reality. Unlike cryptocurrencies, the currencies promise less volatility and greater security because of the backing of their respective monetary institutions responsible for ensuring financial stability. In Africa, with Nigeria launching its e-Naira and Ghana looking to launch its e-Sidi, the question of digital currencies being the future has come up times without number. Robert Njogu, founder of Neon iLabs, joins us to elaborate on this father. Yeah, uh, there's several African uh, countries that are looking to adopt digital currencies. They're, most of them are digital currencies. And yeah, we've, we've seen Nigeria. Nigeria uh, launched its, uh, in, the, in the last quarter of 2021. Uh, Ghana says it wants to, their, their, their Naira, sorry, their CD, uh, their ECD will be out later on in the year. I think uh, this is just in line with what even the central governments or the central banks in Africa are saying that digital, digital currencies is the future. And this is actually precipitated by the fact that Africa has been really accommodative to the digital you know, aspect of payment. Uh, I think we've seen a boom. I think Africa has really picked up that, especially through mobile money and all that. So this, uh, so the... the the central banks are trying to see if they can adopt this uh, this digital form of their currencies. Why? First of all, uh, you know, creating the notes themselves is is very is very is very expensive. Um, but then also you also need to look at it from from the technical point point of view. Uh, the main reason why the central banks are against uh, you know the other cryptocurrencies is because. They are not in control of them, so they do. They, they also want to develop something that they in control of, uh, and that is the normal fiat currencies for their countries. And I think that's the reason why they are. Uh, these banks are quite uh, against the cryptocurrencies. They just, I think the main thing that they want is is control on how on the flow of transactions uh, with their currencies. We also look into this new phenomena of crypto lending. What is it and how does it work? Something also very interesting in the in the digital currencies world or the crypto world is that uh, there's an aspect of there's a there's an idea of DeFi or decentralized finance and uh, de- decentralized finance is uh, you know being able to borrow and and lend uh, money on your or with your asset, with your, with your crypto assets as um, uh, as security. So uh, you'll find that there's quite a number of, of platforms uh, right now where you're able to, if so, for example, if you have your Bitcoin, assuming you have maybe 0.5 Bitcoin, 0.5 Bitcoin right now cost would, would cost you around uh, $21,000. You can, add, instead of just keeping that money there, holding it there for, until the time uh, as you're waiting for the value to to go up you can actually get a loan on that on that um, on, on that on that bitcoin and that is what makes it so that is what makes decentralized finance 
very, very interesting. The fact that uh, we just click so the button as long as I have my collateral in, in my crypto, in, in my digital assets, I can be able to get at least 60 to 70% of, of what I own, get it in USD or in USDT and then convert it to USD or to, to your local currency and be able to use that money to do anything else uh, that you want. And the most interesting thing about this thing, uh, about this aspect is the fact that you do not need to fill any forms, you know, like in the traditional banking uh, uh, in the traditional banking world, you do not need to fill any forms. You do not need to go there, you know, two weeks following up on on your loan. For as long as you have the asset, you've staked it on the network. You get you get your funds, and you get them. You know, instant. It's it's instant. You know, this this is something that takes takes about uh, five five minutes. You just stick your cash, uh, stick your tokens, and then after you do that able to be given a certain percentage of of that which is very uh which is very good because it opens it uh the fact that and, and let me also not forget to mention that the rates are astronomically actually not astronomically but the rates are very very low uh you'd easily get uh you know this uh these loans at you know at even five percent at three percent uh, which is uh, unheard of. Uh, for example, here in in Africa, in Uganda, or Kenya, I think the I don't think there's any way you're gonna get a loan at less than eighteen percent per annum. While here in the crypto world, in, in the in the digital assets world, you can actually get uh, a loan at three percent or four percent, which is uh, uh, which is which makes it a very alternative uh, money a money lending platform. You speak about how low the interest rates are and also the ease of accessibility of this money. Is this something African governments will latch on to? When it comes to African government uh, adopting crypto lending, I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think that's possible. I'm not seeing a situation where that will, will happen. Why? Because our governments in Africa are tightly controlled by the IMF and World Bank and all the other uh, previous superpowers or you know the states uh, UK and all that mm-hmm. and uh, we already have loans on these guys uh, you know from China and the states in the UK so you can imagine us selling you know the states that look uh, we're no longer going to take your dollars we you know we're going to go to, to blockchain and get some bitcoin and lend uh, buy some bitcoin and then uh, uh, get loans over that, it's, it, that's a bit uh, far-fetched. I don't think it's about to happen because um, most governments are against these crypto assets. And the reason why they're against these cryptocurrency assets is because they are not in control of them. That, that aspect alone, not being in control of the value of anything, then that makes the government not want to be part of, uh, of this ecosystem. However, um, I think what, what I foresee happening is that uh, government will want, in terms of re- regulations, uh, I don't think there's any government that, the same way that governments cannot regulate internet, the same way that government cannot regulate blockchains. However, they're going to regulate what is being done on the blockchain. For example, if, you're, if a company, if a startup uh, comes up and they want to start doing remittances, based on a certain uh, cryptocurrencies, maybe between Europe and Africa, as, and let's assume 
or Uganda, then they'll have to get remittance licenses from the Uganda, uh, the, from the Central Bank of Uganda. Uh, if you operate a remittance service without a license from CBU, uh, then it means that it's, it's illegal. You, you, you cannot do that. So that is the only point at which I see the government's coming in. Uh, remittances, they will have regulations for remittances. Uh, if it's custody services, then we'll have different authorities, uh, different aspects, different parts of the government taking care of the authority, be it if it's insurance, all those, all this, uh, if it's a loaning bit, uh, then it's a, also the central bank or the banking aspect of it to come in and, and, uh, have regulations around this but in itself the government cannot say that it will have regulation on the blockchain it's i think it's, it's ridiculous that's that's not possible it can't happen you can only regulate what is being built on the on the on the blockchain that was robert njogu founder neon Labs. a quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast Inflation in Cote d'Ivoire came in at 5.6 yanya in December, the same as the month before. On a month-on-month basis, though, price increases accelerated from 0.7% to 1.2% over this period. As a result, CPI inflation averaged 4.2% last year. Food inflation acted as a main driver of consumer price pressures over the past 12 months. Within the Food and Non-Alcoholic Beverages Sub-Index, meat, fish and vegetables recorded the most significant price increases. Overall, food price inflation averaged 7.7% last year as it accelerated from 3.2% year-on-year in January to 12.2% year-on-year in December. Housing costs also rose notably over the course of 2021, albeit at a slower pace. Inflation in the housing and utility subsector accelerated gradually from 1.8% year-on-year in January to 5.7% year-on-year last month. Consequently, it averaged 4.0% in 2021. In comparison to the other two main sub-indices, transport cost increases were fairly stable. The latter averaged 2.8% in 2021 after it reached 3.3% year-on-year in December. The annual inflation rate in South Africa accelerated further to 5.9% in December of 2021 from 5.5% in November, above market expectations of 5.7% and moving closer to the top of the South African Reserve Bank's target range of 3 to 6%. This was the steepest inflation rate since March of 2017, mainly pushed up by prices of transport, food and non-alcoholic beverages, housing and utilities, and miscellaneous goods and services. The annual core inflation rate, which excludes volatile items such as food and non-alcoholic beverages, fuel and energy, was at 3.4% in December, the highest since October of 2020, up from 3.3% in the prior month and market estimates of 3.3%. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were up by 0.6%, the most in five months and above the market estimates of 0.4% rise. And in East Africa, Uganda's oil reserves have run out of fuel amidst a crisis that has led to an escalation of fuel prices in recent weeks. Pump prices have now increased to an average of 6,000 shillings, about 1.5 US dollars at stations across Kampala, while in upcountry towns, a litre of petrol is sold at an average of 3.4 US dollars.
The trend started with a standoff on the Uganda-Kenya borders in Busia and Malaba, where truck drivers stationed their trucks in protest over mandatory COVID-19 tests by the Ugandan authorities, even for those with a negative PCR from Kenya. Uganda National Oil Company's depot manager, Joel Nkanji, says the reserves have a storage capacity of 30 million litres against a monthly demand of between 200 and 230 million litres of fuel in the country. He adds that all fuel... All the fuel, he adds that all the fuel in the reserves could only contain the situation for a period of one week in case of a crisis. And a look at our markets. The Nigeria Stock Exchange Index rose over 1.5% to touch 45,430 on Wednesday, a high level not seen since October of 2008, as shares of Nigeria's third largest listed firm, Airtel Africa, hit an all time high, lifting Nigeria's main stock index. Now, WTI crude futures extended gains above $86 per barrel on Wednesday, rising for a fourth straight session and scaling seven-year highs after a key pipeline running from Iraq to Turkey was hit by an explosion, taking out crucial supply from an already tight market. The global oil market has tightened in recent weeks due to outages and production shortfalls in OPEC Plus member countries, as well as heightened geopolitical tensions. The development also coincided with declining crude inventory levels and demand recovery, with investors shrugging off a potential hit to fuel demand from the Omicron variant. OPEC expects oil markets to be supported by robust demand and maintained its confidence outlook according to a monthly report on Tuesday. Meanwhile, rallying energy prices poses a challenge for consuming nations and central banks as they try to avert inflation while supporting global growth, prompting the U.S. to monitor prices closely and hold discussions with OPEC plus countries as needed. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is kfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at the Fadong.